picking up today. Then for a few weeks we'll be, because uh, I don't think we spend enough time on Thanksgiving, I'm not going to try to get into your personal business, but the whole debate on when to put up Christmas lights and totally ignore Thanksgiving, we won't get into that, but at least for three weeks we're going to be looking at what it is to be thankful and then we'll get into our, um, the uh, Christmas season and things like that. So um, let's pray. Holy Spirit, again, we know that you're here. We ask that your word speaks. And I ask, dear Lord, that the stuff that we have talked about in the last few weeks, that we'll apply it to our lives and that, that we'll begin to make these things into habits in our lives. And, and we ask that you help us to be obedient wherever we're at in this. In your name, Jesus, amen. Um, Today is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. In a moment, we're going to have another prayer specifically for that. Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember the prisoners and those that are in prison with them, since you yourself are also part of the body. I'd like to encourage you, you'll see to the back is a map, and it shows uh, the, the, the countries that are in black are highly restricted areas, and the ones that are in yellow are still restricted. And more than any time in our history, our Christians being persecuted for their faith. There's a number of materials back there that I encourage you to pick up. One is a prayer calendar that it's not dated, so you can start wherever you're at. It covers different countries. It gives you specifics on how they are being persecuted. I encourage you to pick those up. There's a few magazines. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs is a free organization that you can get a magazine from and updates. And so we've got brothers and sisters around the world and we need to remember them as according to what Hebrews 13.3 says. Also, this Wednesday night, if we can uh, get it to work, uh, there's a six-minute video. I didn't want to show it on Sunday morning, and I encourage you to come Wednesday night. So like I said, we've been covering what we've been studying, but it, it's a really important video to kind of show you what our believers are going through around the world and ways that we can help. So let's take another moment and stop and think and pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. Lord, we just, I kind of feel like it's a joke when we think we're persecuted here in America. And I know persecution is relative. And I know if we stand for you, we're going to be persecuted more because we're going to be labeled or kept out of things. But we've got brothers and sisters that are dying for their faith, being in prison and separated from their children, having to make choices we may never, ever have to make. I pray that you give them strength, dear Lord, whether to die well, to live well, to be witnesses. I pray for their captors and those over them when they ask the question, why is this person being like this, that they are pointed to you? I pray for conviction. I pray for courage. I pray for power, provision. And dear Lord, I pray for us and where we live and that you move in our hearts on how we can help them. And then, dear Lord, help us to realize that we're a part of that chain and we don't want to be the weak link. And so I pray, dear Lord, help us again as we've been studying and talking about today, not to worry about our circumstances, but to be focused on you. I ask for their protection and their, their provision, and I lift our brothers and sisters around the world up to you. In your name, Jesus, amen. So, you know, when you start hearing those stories, you, like I said, in, uh, in the magazines or on the podcast, and you listen to these believers, they're regular people like us. They weren't intended to be in prison or to be tortured, to be separated from their family or to have a loved one die because of their faith. And you might ask the question, does that 
kind of strength all happen at once? No. I mean, God can give us that power, but obviously these people had made a choice to receive Christ and to follow Christ, and they had to put some things into practice. A lot of you have either in jobs or heading towards jobs or careers or on the other side, but there were things that you did in your life that you practiced to have as your knowledge and to be able to do. And that's the title of this sermon today is practice. And some of us can go back to different areas when you had to practice and you didn't want to practice or your parents made you practice and, you know, but you're thankful for that because you have those abilities now. And, and so, like I said, if you're going to, we've been talking about last week our thought lives and the whatsoever list to think on those godly things. And, and before that, we talked about, you know, we need to choose prayer over worry. And then before that, we talked about we need to choose the joy of the Lord instead of temporary happiness. These are all things that I hope you take this section of Scripture and you don't say, hey, that was good, that spoke to me. Okay, now I've got to put these things into practice. I've got to unpackage them. I've got to make them real for me personally. We talked about, I showed you a picture at the end of the sermon last week. You have to make your whatsoever list on for you, the things to replace ungodly thoughts versus the, the, the ungodly thoughts. And so these all things practice. And... We're going to look at that today. We struggle to put rejoicing into practice. We struggle to reject uh, worry over prayer. And we, str we struggle to rest in God's peace. Because you can't just say, I learned it, I accomplished it, I got it up here. We have to daily put these things into practice. And we've got to think the godly thoughts which lead to godly action. James 1.22, we'll be mentioning it again, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And you've got a choice. You can put it off and forget it and not have peace because guess what? I hate to be a spoiler. Let, there's going to continue to be things that come up and try to rob your peace. If you have the Jesus joy, it doesn't matter. And it happens to me all the time. The stupid little things are the things that rob my peace. And so you can choose, well, I learned it, and I know it, but I'm not putting it into action, and I'm not practicing it. Or you can choose to put it in practice and practice peace. Your action step today is practice peace. Obviously, we're talking about godly peace, and your, your uh, points are going to spell out the word peace and like I said, we talked about Jesus' joy, rejoicing. We talked about choosing prayer over worry. We talked about godly thinking. And then how do we need to respond is what we're seeing here in Philippians. How do we, uh, what, what Paul gets to this point, he's like, I've told you all this. Now you have to ask the question, how do I need to respond to the pastor's message? Well, we're talking about the past few weeks and covering Philippians chapter 4, verses uh, 4 through 9. How do I need to respond to this? It all leads to action. That means that we have to trust and obey. That means we have to be doers of the word. And so added to the godly thinking, Paul wants us to follow godly examples. And Paul continues, he's writing this from prison to the Philippians and to us. And this leads to the seventh and final commandment, the final element um, 
to have peace with God, to have the peace of God, to have spiritual stability. So let's look at Philippians 4 and I. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Sounds really simple, but you have to keep it in practice. You have to do that. So let's look at the first thing, do. Very simple but yet powerful word. That means to commit to. That means to keep. That means to exercise. That means to practice. Now, word practice it obviously is talking about repetition or continuous action. And some of you do things, and depending on what you do, to have a muscle memory. You know, in other words, I'm, I'm going to practice what I'm going to do ahead of time and so that I'll understand and do those things. We use the examples of a lawyer and a doctor. They have a practice, a, a normal routine um, of the things that we do. And that's, that's what it's talking about there. These things we've learned over the past few weeks, true joy, true prayer, true thinking, they all take practice. That's your first villain. Practice in order to have peace. And we know that practice makes perfect, and we're not looking for perfection here. Oh, I know that I'm supposed to do this, and I know that truth, but if you know you, God's Word's got to be the center of where you're at, then the habit of being in God's Word regularly, if you know that you're not supposed to worry and that it's a sin to worry, then the habit and the practice of, of, of praying every time you worry... And then if you know that every sin starts with a thought, then the practice of that list of whatsoever is ready to replace. It just doesn't happen. Holy Spirit will help you and remind you, but it's action. Before we can practice peace, we have to learn the path to peace. Notice what he says here in verse 9. Do what you have learned. That, has, that you've come to understand the knowledge that you've received from, from teaching, from instructing. And we are called, those that have received Christ, we're called to be disciples. And the word disciples means at the feet of. And then you can go to Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19, and you see, uh, 19 and 20, and you see that he calls us to be and to make disciples. We get the Great Commission. We only, it's kind of interesting how churches or individuals only kind of get half the Great Commission sometimes. Some get the fact that I'm called to evangelize, but then they forget about making disciples and being a disciple. Some are like, yeah, let's just learn and let's just follow God, but let's not reach people for Christ. It's both of those. But we are called when we receive Christ to be a disciple, to be at the feet of Christ, to be at the feet of teachers, to learn to receive the things of God. 2 Timothy 3.10 says this, But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance. That scares the crud out of me because I know I'm not perfect and I'm supposed to set an example. But hopefully I set an example to point you to God's grace and his forgiveness and the direction that we need to go. But a lot of us kind of stop, oh, I've learned enough. We may not say that, or we just want to learn. We'll get into that in a minute, the rest of this. But, uh, but it's a lifetime of being and making disciples. We haven't arrived. <coughs> we still need to learn. 
We still need to be under good teaching. We still need to read God's word on our own. We need to, we, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. We need to learn. And that's the only way we can grow. And so your next film, practicing peace, means that we practice everything we learned from God. Everything we learned from God. We need to be sponges. You don't think, I mean, all the time God's teaching me new stuff. Different aspects, and depending on what season you are in your life, that it's amazing how, okay, I've known that my whole life, but now I understand it. And so we need to take that all in. Look at the next part of, of verse 9. So do what you've learned and received. I don't know that we're slicing stuff thinly here, but this is a little bit different. See, there's a lot of, um, we've learned through instruction, we've learned through teaching, we've learned through reading His Word. Received is technical term for God's revelation. We can, re we can receive stuff from tradition when we do the Lord's Supper or have a time of Christmas or Easter or different traditions that we see in the church that we can, that they, traditions are not bad if they serve a purpose and traditions teach and we can receive a deeper understanding. Technical term for God's revelation, uh, we can learn from traditions, from biblical standards of behavior. But God's trying to teach us something. And we need to choose. We can learn it, but we need to receive it. We need to get it into our hearts. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 1 and 2 says this, Additionally then, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God as you are doing, do this even more. You know, that the, you know, what, com you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. You go back there in the middle of 1 Thessalonians, it's probably at, at the end of verse 1. And he, he says there that as you have received instruction from us, talking about the apostles, the teachers, uh, different aspects of we're learning from God, how you should live. So that's the instruction. How can we get feet on this? This is what we're closing up here today. That's a great series. I'm glad we learned all the things we're supposed to do, but it's time to be doers of the word, not hearers only. So how we should live and please God and notice what he said, as you're doing, do this even more. Sounds like a lot of you, the different things you've been involved in that you become, I'm not going to call you experts because I don't know what things you've been involved in, but that you practice and you have down and it's muscle memory, you know. I was in our, my climbing stand the other day and I went up it a couple of times and the second time I went up it, the first time it's like, Huh, what's that little rope at the bottom of my base of my stand for? I mean, I, I, I've been hunting with a climbing stand for a couple of years, okay? So I know I'm dumb, okay? And so the second time I went up with the climbing stand on my way up, and I'm up pretty high now, I thought, oh, that rope attaches to the other part of my climbing stand in case one part falls, I can get back down. Wasn't that funny? You're all like weird, but okay. <laughs> but I had a rope, I had a rope, and so I took my rope and put it around the bottom part. So in other words, climbing stands two parts. I'm on the top part. The bottom part's for my feet. And if one of those goes, I've got to hang on to the other one and figure out how to get down. It's kind of good to have both of them. So now let's go back to learning and receiving and muscle memory. Obviously, I need to go over before you go out hunting and different things if you only go for a certain part for a certain year. Huh, let's go over our stuff. We never arrive on those things. And that 
he, he talks about here the things that God teaches us. For some reason, I feel in the American church, we love knowledge. We love learning things about God. But we got to get into the muscle memory and we got to get into the action. And this is why in every sermon at the end, I ask the question, what do you need to do with this today? What do you need to do with this this season? In other words, how do I take what I've learned and put it into practice? And not just once, but like I was talking about with the stand, obviously you need to keep that muscle memory in practice because it could be kind of deadly or you might be stuck in a tree till your wife comes and gets you. Okay, I had phone service, but anyway. But here's the deal. He says, God, as, he says, as you are doing, do this even more. Practice in our lives the truth of God's word that we receive. It's more dangerous than that. Because he gives us the word to have a relationship to protect us and to help us through this life. And for some reason, we just like the knowledge. Practicing peace uh, means we practice. Notice your next fill-in. All we have received from God. All that has been given us. And we receive from God different ways, mainly from His Word, mainly from teachers, all those things. But then those aha moments when you've read His Word or you heard through a speaker or an individual that has confirmed God's Word and you have that aha moment where you receive that truth in your life. Some of you all of us, God has spoken clearly and we've received it, but we haven't put it into practice. There's some things, boy, if I really do, I'm going to have to change my life. If I really do, something might happen. All that we've received. We not only receive these truths, but we need to pass them on in order to practice peace we have learned. And going back there, do Practice what you have learned, what has been instructed and taught to you, and what you receive, what has been revealed. So I have this knowledge, but now I have this understanding. And notice what next part, and heard from me. That's very, that's, that's really important. Well, the word heard, we, we get it, okay? It's, you know, it's, it's the hearing of things, but Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard through the message about Christ. I've learned that faith comes from hearing, and hearing the word of God. So you understand we need to put into practice the things that we have heard. This is why what we're doing today is still biblical and still important, the preaching of the word. This is why the physical speaking of the word that you sharing with someone is important. This is why the podcast, the various things out there going into different countries that are closed, and it's amazing some of the countries that are closed that they can't cut out Netflix, and so there might be some Christian things on Netflix. That's kind of an oxymoron. We won't get into that. But you know, you know what I'm saying? They can't keep all that out. And the power of the spoken word. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And so he says the things, you need to practice these things. You need to practice what's been instructed to you. You need to practice what you've been received and revealed, what has been revealed to you. And you need to practice what you've heard. And so notice he, sa he says, heard from me. This is Paul writing to the Philippians. This is Paul writing to us. And that's important. And in, in, verse, in Romans 10, 17, he says, what is heard comes through the message about Christ. We hear a lot of things. A lot of things we probably shouldn't hear. But the most important things that we need to put in practice are the things that we hear about Christ. 
that are according to his word. We are, called, we are called to practice. We are called to be doers. We are called to go, according to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Uh, 19, 19 and 20. And we are called to tell, according to Acts 1.8. He says, go into all the world. And, and, the, and then in Acts 1.8, he tells us to go from our family to the familiar to the foreign. We're to tell. At your next fill-in, if we're going to practice peace, we're called to hear the word and make it heard. How's that working for you? A lot of you, that scares you to death. It's like, i got to go tell people about the joy that I have or why Jesus is so precious to me. Yeah, you get to do that. The angels want to do that, but God has allowed us to do that. And you need to tell why is Christ precious to you and your story. And I like how someone mentioned that you need to listen to their story, then you need to tell your story, then you need to tell his story. And your story is your life before Christ, how you came to Christ, and what Christ is doing in your life right now. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. Guess what? Spoiler alert, Christians. You're to be the living Word of God. You have the Holy Spirit in you. The only reason you're still here is to tell the message of the good news, and yet we get scared to do that. And I think part of it, like I've said over and over again, we think we've got to unload the whole thing. Go by the Holy Spirit. Go as far as He tells you to go. It may be a long-term conversation, but nothing's going to happen if you do nothing. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing. And so, you, what are you going to do? Are you going to put into practice, faith comes from hearing, and hearing the word of God. Somebody talked to you. You heard the word somewhere. And so now it's your turn. So we're not only called to hear the word, but we're to see and be seen doing the word, practicing the word. Look at the last part of verse 9. And seen in me. That's again, scares me. Uh, I try to preface a lot of things about me, but you have to see the word working in me. And so what I try to do is I, I like John 3... Uh, uh, 321, those that come to light, those that do what is right come gladly to the light so everyone can see what they're doing is what God wants them to do. I have been blessed to be under a lot of good ministers, and I've seen a few that I have taught me what not to do. And this whole fishbowl thing of uh, I've seen a lot of ministers that they've gotten hurt, and so then they put a wall up and they do the job and they've got this veneer on them. And you really can't tell what's going on in their life. And so what you're getting from them a lot of times is don't do this, do that, be perfect. Well, I'm just going to be me. And I hope you can see a godly person that isn't perfect. But when I'm wrong, and I don't have to be a mind reader. If I do you wrong, if God lays in my heart, I'll try to make it right. But none of us are called to be mind readers according to Matthew 18. We're, called, we're to have short accounts. But the reason I share so much with you is to set the example of this. I struggle with these things. This is what God's word says. This is how to deal with it. Don't follow Russell because he's perfect. Not at all. Follow me as I follow Christ. You follow Christ. Um, it, it just drives me nuts when, when pastors leave a church and people are so personality-driven that they leave the church. Then that is, I'm sorry, it's wrong, it's sin, because you're following that person. You're not following Christ. I'm glad my name's not on the church sign so people can't find me. 
okay? But it's also not my church. It's not your church. It's God's church. And so what I want us to understand here is we need to follow Christ, but yet I set an example. But that's not just the pastor. You set an example to your families. You set an example to the people that are around you. You set an example to your coworkers. You see how this is working? You know, a lot of people say the only Bible they read is you. What version is that? Because there's a lot of cheap versions. There's a lot of weird translations. And now, especially in America, we're seeing really bad translations of people living out in their lives because they're not practicing the Word of God. Again, it has taken me 30-plus years to understand it's not about me doing everything right. It's about me following God. And so, yeah, and Baptists are really good about this. We're saved by grace, not by works, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. But then what do you do with 2.10 that says we were designed beforehand to do good works for God? The works don't save us. The works don't keep us. The works are proof of a relationship we have in God, and they should come naturally. I'm as saved as I'm ever going to be. If you've received Christ, you're as saved as you're ever going to be. But God has called us to good works. God has called us to live out and to be holy and set apart. Statistics have proven for years that a dying world can't tell the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. A lot of times, non-Christians act way better than Christians. Well, what kind of Bible are they reading? Again, if you leave saying, I've got to be perfect or I've got to do better, eh, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we need to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. So when the invitation comes here in a little bit, whatever God's revealing you, whatever you've learned, you need to put it into practice and you need to start with what is most immediate. Because I think God showed everybody something they need to work on here. Not because I preached on today. I think you already know. And it's not to make anybody feel bad. And again, if that lost person comes to you and it's like, well, you did this and you did that. Well, if you did it wrong, say, hey, I ask your forgiveness. But if your walk is not matching your talk, maybe you need to be a little more quiet. Focus on God's word. If, if you were in a in a court of law and you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence in the actions of your life to convict you? You just answered that. Again, because this is a sensitive issue for me, I'm not talking about being perfect. It's time to get off your posterior and it's time to be doers of the word. And I'm not saying people aren't. But we all have an area, hmm, really? No, you're saved. You need to be a doer of the word. They need to, they need to see God in you. And so they need to, uh, you need to observe it in others. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. 
And this is why in accountability, you need to have a good group of Christian friends. And this is why we're here today, because we're here to build one another up. We're here to encourage one another up. You also need small groups in that. And, and I love our men's group. And it's not the fact that we just look at things in the Bible, but we sharpen and we encourage and we help each other. And I love hearing about other people's mistakes, so maybe I can avoid them. Okay? And you see what I'm saying? We're encouraging, we're building up, we're observing others. Asking the question, how did you deal with that? Or they, they're going through something that I'm now going through, and I watched them go through it, and I saw God working in their lives. We need to observe others, and we need to, we need to our walk needs to match our talk, and, and we need to, then we also need to model the standards that we have learned, that we have received. We need to put them into practice by modeling them. It's amazing to me. I know I'm not a perfect father, but it's amazing to me the things I've seen my sons over the year do naturally because I purposely was trying to model them. I wasn't perfect, and I feel that, I feel that my boys are doing way better than I, on some things on personal discipleship with my family. I'm thankful that I had a Christian family, but it wasn't modeled. And I, I struggle, and you say, well, you're a pastor. You teach all the time, but I struggle at home on, on, on doing those home devotions and stuff like that. And it's so awesome to see. I didn't ask for permission, but that I, I see one of my boys doing it with our, with our grandchildren, and, and that I, the thing that got me was this, when I started doing that in my life, and I struggled with it, doing it for my kids, the, the, the saying that got me is I wanted my ceiling to be their floor. Just do it. Be a doer of the word. Yeah, you may struggle, but you need to model. They people get enough words. Yes, faith comes from hearing, but if you're throwing out words and your actions don't back it up, shut up, and I'm talking to myself. They need to observe, we need to observe and, and, and walk with others that are following God, and then we need to model the standards we've learned. And again, James says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I'm a secret Christian. I believe all the right things. Not only was mad to that telemarketer, so nobody knows. God does. And we're just deceiving ourselves. It's a choice. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself might not be disqualified. I learned that verse a long time ago being a minister, that what I preach to others, that what it tells me, I need, to, I need to apply it in my own life. And that's what I need to share with you. But Paul's saying that, but that's not just talking about the pastor. Some of you have learned a lot of things. Some of you have received a lot of things. Some of you have heard a lot of things. Some of you have seen a lot of godly things to practice. Somewhere, somehow, it's like, eh, that's too hard. I tried it. Notice the word I. And we kind of disqualify ourselves. And that doesn't mean we're not saved. But it's like, as a witness, it's like, why do I want anything that that person has? I know I'm not perfect. And I don't try to be like the world. And I'm not ashamed that I'm a pastor. 
But when I'm with the lost, a lot of times I don't lead with that. And if God calls me to lead with that, but it's interesting to me the time and the intersection when I'm dealing with the lost person and then I tell them I'm a pastor, they just get the weirdest look on their face. Really? I'm not used to somebody like you. I'm used to somebody like this, and I know I'm weird, okay? So that's different. But what I'm getting from that is the fact of those qualities that we're putting into practice. Kindness, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And people need to see those in our lives with our words, and they have to be in practice. So we discipline our bodies. We are to be personally, um, we are to be personally doers of the word. And so your next fill-in, practicing peace means we are to be eyewitnesses to the truth. To see and be seen practicing and doing the word in our lives. If, could you share the gospel and, not use, and use words if necessary is what St. Francis said. Yes, we want to do words and we understand faith comes from hearing. But is there enough evidence in your life? And again, if you leave saying, oh, I'm not perfect enough, that's not what I'm talking about. Is there enough evidence in your life from what people have seen that they can see that you're following Christ? Maybe you need to hang around some different people and maybe you need to follow. And it's not just physical age because spiritual age is different. You have, you have the boy king that, that was seven or eight that he followed God, and you have those that are old that follow God. It's all whether we're going to obey God. And you, it may be the fact that you need to tie on to somebody and say, I'm sticking close to you. I know you're not perfect, but I know you're going the right way, and I need to start watching you on how you handle your family or how you did this or what you struggle with. Again, that's why I like the men's group. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like hearing about them, and then I take my little mental list is like, don't do that, <laughs> okay? You know, we're learning. We're, 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 we're following how to be practice the truth. Practicing peace leads to the dividends and the payoff. Look at the last part. And the God of peace will be with you, that tranquility, that harmony, that oneness with God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I would write that down because that is a definition of the peace of God and the goal that you should have by putting these things into practice. I'm going to read it one more time. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself, notice it's God, sanctify you completely so that your walk with him and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we put it into practice. That's what we've been talking about over the past few weeks, that we find our joy in Jesus regardless, not the circumstances, that we choose prayer over worry, that we purposely focus on the whatsoevers that are godly instead of and, and stopping sin in his track in our mind. And all this comes to the point that we have to put it into practice. And the end result, if we do, is we have the peace of God. Have I accomplished this? Not at all, but I'm closer. Boy, the devil, he knows those little buttons to push, and 
you know, even this week there was a little button and it's like it was bothering me and I obsess on stuff and I know it, but I know, my, I know in my obedience and the knowledge of God's word, that gap between obsessing on stuff and giving it to God, which used to be further past the church, past the cemetery, on down, this hand to there, has now gotten a lot closer on the amount of time I spend worrying about stuff instead of praying about it. You know why? Because I've learned and I've received that when I worry, I am sinning and I am saying God can't handle it. And I'm making that thing I'm worrying about a God. I'm making that thing I'm thinking about a God. And so, again, I'm not perfect in it, but over years, I want you to do better than me, over years of dealing with this, being in the Word, and surrendering to the Word, that gap has closed significantly. Because the longer I worry, the longer I think on it, the more I know I'm sinning. And that's not where I want to be. And the more I'm away from God's peace. The promise of God's peace, God gives peace. Obeying God's message is the key to receiving God's peace. The peace of God is always with us. The peace of God is the presence of God. And so, again, as we honor our brothers and sisters that are suffering for their faith today and remember them in prayer, obviously, I don't believe any of them all at once said, hey, I want to be in front of a firing squad. Or, hey, I want to be in a, in a small room and my Bible shown to me and my child over in the corner that, like in North Korea, here's what happens. In North Korea, when the kids get into kindergarten, they pull out a Bible and they say, hey, do you have this in your home? Or if you do, go find it and let us know. So if a kid has a Bible and their parents are following God, they come back and that, pre that parent at gunpoint has to decide between their faith and their child. I honestly, I'm going to go with God, but I don't know what I would do in that. I'm not going to play the Superman on that. Okay? But obviously, when they get to that point, they have put some things into practice. And guys, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying, we are heading into persecution. And compared to what's happened in the rest of those countries, this is nothing. And so it's time to get things into practice. It's time to keep things into practice because the only reason we're here is to lead others to follow God. So today, this season, let's look at the questions here for a minute before we get, what are you practicing? Well, I learned a lot, but I'm not doing a lot. Let's change that. Next question. What are you learning? Well, I like this devotion, I like this devotion. Devotions are good, but how do you know if they're biblical? They are not bad, but if you've got to consistently be in the Word and under the Word, because there are a lot of bad devotions and speakers out there. We went through Jude, and they're going to look nice, and they're going to sound right, and they're going to get along with everybody. What are you learning? It needs to be God's Word first. Next question. What are you receiving? Well, God taught me that, but I haven't received it. I haven't taken it into my spirit to chew on it and to understand it. I've learned it. See, some of you guys, you drove me nuts. You would make good, a, you make good grades. I had to really uh, work at it, and I did better the longer I went. But some of you, I just learned it. I got the grade, and you forgot it. 
make me sick. I love you, but you make me sick, okay? All right, but, but the receiving is not the no, just the knowledge, but you bring it in your heart, and I, and I understand it. It has been revealed to me. What are you receiving? I can't receive that because it's going to be too hard. Next question. What are you listening to? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. And you need to put anything in suspect that if it's talking about Bible things but never brings up Scripture, and I don't think I'm stretching this, but in the American church today, there are a lot of sermons where maybe Scripture is mentioned. And maybe it's once, and then has nothing to do with whatever message they're presenting. I do not think I'm exaggerating at all. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. But I have been taught that if I can't back it up with the word of God, I shouldn't say it. And so the question is, what are you listening to? You may be listening to the devil that's saying you're worthless, you've messed up, might as well give up. Yeah. Listen to the word. Hear God say in Romans 8, 1, now there's no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said to Satan when he was tempted in faith. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen to the word. And then lastly, what are you watching? Well, that guy seems to ha have everybody and he treats everybody well and he doesn't really stand for anything, but he seems to get along with everybody. I want to get along with everybody. We need to be about love. We need to be about kindness. But Proverbs, uh, 1 Corinthians says, uh, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Well, that's just for kids that are younger. No, that's for any of us. And so... Who or what are you watching? Are the people that you're hanging around sharpening you or making you dull spiritually? And then another thing, this is going to get you, what are people seeing as they watch you? I've tried when I've messed up to keep short accounts and to deal with it right then because I hope at the end of the day, when they talk about me, it's not going to be you as perfect, but you tried to be consistent he tried to be honest, and he tried to deal with things. And he was following Jesus. A lot of things today, as we stand to our feet and have a time of invitation, are you practicing the peace of God? The question right now is, do you have the peace of God? There's always going to be things that are going to get in your way they're going to try to steal your peace. But if you take this section of Scripture, not just the first today, and you begin to practice these things in your life, your gap between staying in godly peace is going to shorten significantly. You may need to hit this altar and commit in prayer, commit to put things into practice or pray where you're at. You may need to take the step to become a part of this body of believers. Or none of this is going to do any good if you don't know Christ. You may need to receive Christ today. Whatever you're doing, are you practicing the peace of God? Lord, I ask, help us to be obedient to you in your name, Jesus.